For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for our hymn 353, Now the Green Blade Rises, 353. It is indeed good to be gathered with you, my people. So good. A smaller but mighty crew were gathered here on Maundy Thursday a few days ago, and Megan and I were asked that evening how Easter feels different this year from other years. And Megan's response, sorry I didn't ask you, Megan, but Megan's response was immediate and concerted. She was, and I think is, uh, very, very, very ready to proclaim joy and resurrection and hope and new life. Like never before. Yes, like never before. I think you heard, I think you, I think you represented that well this morning so far. <laughs> it has been really hard to dwell in the pain and the suffering and injustice of the passion story. And I think the injustice especially is something that came home to me in this last season in a way that never before have I experienced in the passion story. Maybe because we, we just dwelt in it for so long, maybe because we could finally see how Jesus, uh, Jesus' path to 
to uh, execution was not of his choosing, was, was like so many today, just inescapable, inescapable once he was in that system. We are just ready. We're ready for Easter. And this Easter gathered here as a congregation, all together, or together, not all together. Last year, there was a very small group of people in the meeting room, our first try at using a screen with worship when all the rest of us were gathered on Zoom. Our first toe dipped into hybrid worship with our vaccinated, at that time, it was our elders who, some just barely, just barely fully vaccinated a year ago. It does feel different to be in this room, draped in color and resounding with song. And yet, as I said, we are not all fully here. We're not together. We're not all together. Our littlest ones, as glad as we are to have them with us, have not been vaccinated yet. And some in our Zoom community, hello, join us purely out of convenience or because y'all are at a distance and we're so happy to be able to welcome you that way. But the danger of infection has not left us, especially the immunocompromised among us and the small. And we begin to realize that there may never be a way to safely enfold all the beloved ones that we would want to enfold with us, with us. Um, as we leave from this place, if you're looking at on your screen or if you have an order of worship, you'll see we're singing on our way out. Um, Thine is the glory, thine is the glory, resurrected one. Those are the new words in voices together. Uh, and the last verse of that um, familiar hymn, is, lo, Jesus meets us, risen from the tomb. Lovingly, he greets us, scatters fear and gloom. Let our doubting spirits find a voice to sing. Christ who died is living. Death has lost its sting. But death hasn't lost its sting. It still stings a lot. A lot. Fear and gloom may have scattered, but they haven't gone far. Our struggles haven't gone away. The ones we have lost are still lost. Our own or our loved one's mental health still suffers. Our illnesses have not been miraculously healed. Easter is complicated. And it was complicated from the very first moments. It was dark when Mary first approached the tomb. It was morning, but, but she came because she was traumatized. She was sad. We laughed at, at, at Macaulay's sort of maudlin uh, performance of that, but like, she embodied it. Mary was sad. And it's the day after Passover. So in the midst of Mary's grief and trauma, all of those friends of Jesus, they had to put aside those feelings of sadness and loss and celebrate, 
celebrate the great escape, the, the, the celebration of, of a salvation from death. So in the midst of their, their traumatic grief and loss, here they are thrust into Passover celebrations of, of joy and salvation, like the, their people's great day of triumph. So this is the first moment when Mary comes to the tomb in the dark, the very first moment that she's been able to just be there. To be there with the person that she loved, to mourn, to be with this friend's body, and then he's gone. Like trauma upon trauma. Already, this Easter story is seated in disorientation and imbalance. Mary discovers the tomb empty, and she runs to tell her friends. And then the men get into a kind of a foot race to get there, also Cedar and <laughs> Cedar and Oliver, good job, because <laughs> it is kind of silly. And they see the empty tomb, and they do believe something. They've already had an experience. Like Megan pre has preached several times over this season. They have had this experience of a Jesus who brings life. It is that bringing of new life that is so threatening. So they've seen Lazarus walk out of a tomb. They know that something like that is possible. So the story tells us they believe. And believing, although it's not entirely sure, clear what they believe, they go home. Okay, I'll sort it out. But Mary stays. Mary stays. Because unlike her friends, she wants to feel these feelings. She can't make her grief and trauma go away. Because whatever she believes, Jesus is not there. It is Easter. Jesus has ridden, risen, but she needs to feel the way she feels. And there is no hurry in grief. I know so many of you know that. And because Mary stays, because she's willing to dwell in this experience of loss, to stay at that empty place, she also experiences transformation. Angela Gorell is an author of a book called The Gravity of Joy. I haven't read it, and honestly, I will probably never read it. <laughs> I've already got a stack. But I did see in my, in my regular emails from Menno Media that she had written this book and that she would be appearing on the Ing podcast. It's also the first time I ever listened to that podcast. Menno Media has a podcast. Check it out. Uh, and as much as I love podcasts, I, I don't really listen actually to many like spiritual or Bible-y podcasts. I stick to news and culture and comedy. That's my, that's my jam. Anyway, uh, Gorel is now a professor at Baylor, at Baylor Seminary, but she spent several years as a re research fellow at Yale studying joy, which is a thing you can study apparently. And in the midst of this experience of studying joy, she experienced one after the other, after the other, after the other, like within months, within a month or something like this, the deaths of several members of her family. 
including her father to opioid use, a young nephew, and a cousin to suicide. So like trauma and trauma and trauma and trauma. So she is in this experience of just like the depths, the depths of sorrow. And in this study, this long-term study of joy. And she remembers during that time hearing from her colleague at Yale, Willie James Jennings, whose name might be familiar because we used a bunch of his work when we studied acts uh, last summer. What Jennings told her is that we can make pain productive without glorifying or justifying the suffering. You don't have to explain away the horrible thing in order to make meaning out of the pain that you're feeling. Some Christians are fond of saying things about uh, disaster or grief, like it's all in God's plan, or God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And in, I, I edited a few things about that, um, the, the little script that Macaulay and Cedar and, and Oliver did. And one of the things I should have edited out, the original writers of that, is that this was part of God's plan. God did not plan for pain. God did not plan for suffering. But we can make meaning out of this experience. Stuff happens all the time that is more than we can handle time. This whole pandemic is more than we can handle. And in those times, God comes alongside. Within her grief, as she stays in those feelings of loss, Mary encounters God. Jesus appears to Mary and calls her name. The, the gospel writer may not have intended this reference, or I mean, probably he did, because he does this. But something similar happens to Moses in the story we read like way, way back in fall when Moses sees the bone, burning bush, and which is a miracle in itself. Oh my gosh, amazing, a bush that's burning and it's not burning up. Wow, like he could have gone home and said, I saw this amazing thing. But instead he stays. He stays and he goes closer. He leans into awe and God makes themselves known to him. Something else that Jennings has written and spoken about, um, about joy, he was also part of this study, is that joy is an act of resistance. He says, I look at joy as an act of resistance against despair and its forces. Joy in that, joy in that regard is a work that can become a state, that can become a way of life. It resists the way despair wants to drive us toward death, wants to make death the final word. And by death, he doesn't just mean the end of life, but all death's forces, war and violence, and the ways that life is presented as not worth living. And joy is not the same thing as happiness or pleasure or positivity. It is, as Goral says, getting up expecting that God will meet me and that I will be able to recognize beauty. Goral talks about in the first months after those traumas happened to her, just, yeah, being able to, unable, unable to do anything. 
and like it was therapy and relationships and the people around her and be and just looking for beauty that eventually those traumas didn't leave her but she's able to talk about them in a transformed way even after mary realizes finally that jesus is jesus and not a gardener although it is amusing to think of him looking like a gardener i'm picturing overalls jesus reminds her that she can't she can't keep him there she will be separated from him at least physically she'll have to keep figuring out this complicated story of knowing the joy of a resurrected jesus and still having experienced everything she just experienced and of not having him near her to process that with she's seen jesus she's heard jesus call her name and she's being told she's going to have to navigate this path without him this path of being a disciple to a teacher who is not there to be a disciple of easter is messy and complicated and so is the rest of life the rest of faith the rest of discipleship but ultimately the story is of resurrection joy a joy that does not need to deny that despair exists and that we feel it or that we feel fear or sadness but which will push back against the dominance of those forces will resist the forces of death with vigor because as we've said it from the beginning jesus is a jesus who brings life who brings what is new christ is risen may we experience all the emotions that go along with knowing that we have a risen christ and may we proclaim them all with joy amen